The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, empower you to fulfill a healthy emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great day. I'm excited. We have our good friend back, Lieutenant Colonel Oak McCullough. Uh, he is unbelievable. Uh, we got such great reception that we wanted to bring him back. So on Healthy Lifestyle, as you know, we're going to give you some verbal caffeine and light you up with <laughs> possibilities. Oak, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I, I just want to do a little bio on you, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Oak is a retired Lieutenant Colonel, Oakland McCullough, and is an internationally recognized keynote speaker. He's going all over the country this year as well, and an author of the 2020 release your leadership legacy becoming the leader you were meant to be both his leadership presentation and his book are based on his 40 plus years of leadership experience 23 of those as a combat arms officer in the u.s army i was joking with oakland before because my brother is uh, air force and my nephews are air force and he's army so we'll get along but you know, <laughs> <laughs> only joking only joking but uh he's also in peacekeeping operations disaster relief operations and in the boardroom he has been everywhere oak highlights principles that will benefit Benefit today's leaders and inspire the leaders of tomorrow, and we need them very desperately in any profession and at any level of leadership. He will help you become the leader you were meant to be, a servant leader. I love that. So welcome back, Oakland. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show, Lorian. Oh my gosh, you're so, you're so, so wonderful. And I love that you talk about servant leadership, a servant leader. Define that for our listeners. Yeah. So for me, servant leadership means that it's not about you and it's all about you. It's not about you and the title you get or the privileges you get or that you get nicer pay, more pay to get to live in a nicer house or drive a nicer car. Those are all nice things and leaders get those generally. That's okay. As long as that's not the only reason you want to be the leader. If that's the only reason you want to be a leader, go do something else, please, because you're not going to be a good one. It's all about you and how you treat and empower the people that you have the privilege to lead. And yes. it is a privilege to lead people. And, you know, when I tell people that, especially young people, they say, well, Colonel McCullough, I, I really want my next promotion and I want my next pay raise. And I said, you can get those things and still be a servant leader but you get them for the right reason, not because you were greedy, but because you took care of people and made them better, who then made your organization better and you get what you want in the end. Yeah, yeah, it's about intention, right? If we're intentional about how we treat other people and we help them become the best version. When I speak to managers, because you speak to a lot of military and you speak to police and you speak to firemen, you speak to a lot of people who are servants. When I speak to management, I was like a good manager is about elevating the people who report to them. Absolutely. It's not about elevating yourself, it's elevating them. And like you said, it's surrounding yourself with really inspired humans who make the whole group, it's rising tides, right? Lift all boats, right? right? Well, so and, and that, that all is incumbent on you, the leaders, to make them motivated, to make them inspired. And one of the mistakes I, I always see is leaders don't ask the people they're leading what their goals are what they want to be, what they want to do. 
how do you how do you know how you, how to help that person if you don't know what their goals are, where they want to end up? Now, I got it. Some people just want to come to work, draw their paycheck, go home. And that's okay. There's a place that's for okay. Yeah. As long as they're doing their job, that's fine. Yeah. But there are lots of people out there who aspire to be more, to do more, to be a leader. And how do you know that unless you get to know the people that you have the privilege to lead? Yeah. Yeah. And you really have to dive deep and under have an understanding of who they are as a human, you know, noticing that they're having a good day, a bad day, noticing why, asking the questions and really yeah. staying involved in what's going on and not just sending them off with no direction. You know, I, I think it's real important, especially when you're in a leadership role to have a mentor, a coach, someone that you can um, go to. What are your feelings on that? Oh, absolutely. I, I tell people all the time, two things. Have a mentor, be a mentor. If you're a leader and you're not mentoring somebody, I'm questioning whether or not you're a leader or not. You're probably a boss because leaders produce more leaders. That's what leaders do. That's your that's part of your job. Yeah. And I don't care how high up in the organization you get, you still need to have a mentor. You know, that old saying, and I had somebody said say this to me, I don't know, about three weeks ago. They said, but it's lonely at the top. I said, only if you let it be. Yes. It doesn't have to be. I said, you know, you still need a mentor. Okay, if there's nobody above you in your organization, then go find somebody in another profession who's equal to you and have them as a mentor and a coach. Everybody needs to have a mentor. Everybody. Yeah, I, I totally agree. At any level, at any level, it allows you to safely bounce ideas off and have someone to go to, to work it out. Sometimes it's all about just me telling you what I'm thinking. And through that conversation, I actually discover, I discover the answers because we have all the answers inside of us. And that's what a coach does is brings it out of us. Right. And I query a lot. I am very inquisitive. I ask a lot of questions of my clients because I really, I, one, I want to know. And two, I know that they're going to find the answer in saying it out loud. It sounds different, right? When you say something out loud than when yes. you're marinating it in your head. It does. And a good mentor and a good coach will also, you know, they're one of those people who say, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes we come up with dumb things, me included. Oh, uh, yes. You know, we, we all do. None of us are perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. But if you have somebody who you can bounce stuff off of, who's that mentor, that coach, that person that you trust. And that's really, you know, to people, I tell people, look, mentor, be a mentor of somebody or have a mentor. You have to trust them that they're going to tell you the truth. They have to have some knowledge in what it is that you're trying to do. And they have to be willing to help you. Yes. That's all you need for a mentor. They don't have to be in your profession. They don't have to be any of that. Just those three things. If those three things are there and they want to help you, then they can be your mentor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I, I think it's underrated. I think a lot more people are out there, but make sure whoever's mentoring you has a mentor. Like you said, have a mentor and be a mentor, have a coach and be a coach. Sure. You know, we're all coaching each other. We're all helping and serving one another. That's what I call serving. We serve one another with our superpowers and allow them to bring out their superpowers. So I think that's important. There's a, an importance to routine, right? There's an important to, to importance to giving constant feedback. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I, well, I'm a, a huge believer in routines inside of routines. So I believe anything you can do habitually the same way all the time every day is is a good thing for you it frees up your mind to do other things you know like i start my day exactly the same way every morning i 
get a cup of coffee. I sit down, I listen to the daily mass. I read a couple chapters of the Bible and I do my daily prayers. I end my days the same way. I read a couple pages of the book I'm reading. I write in my journal and I reflect on what I did that day because that's how you learn is reflection, yes. not by experience. Experience means nothing. It's the reflection on that experience that is where you learn stuff. So I think r- routines are are very powerful. You you have to have to do that. And what was the second part of the question you asked? That we're giving constant feedback. Yes. The importance of that. Giving and what receiving, actually. Receiving it and giving it. We all want, you know, we all want that pat on the back saying, hey, you did a great job. And we like to pat people on the back and tell them they had a good job. The hard part as a leader is when you got to walk up to somebody and say, hey, you're not really meeting the standard. That's the hard part. Yeah. But leaders have to do that. Yeah. You, that is part of your job is to let people know if they're not meeting the standard. Because here's part of the problem. They may not even know that they're not giving you what you want. Yes. They think they're giving you exactly what you want. And unless you tell them, they don't know. And whose fault is that? That's your fault, not theirs. Absolutely. And it's about awareness. You know, it's not aware. You have to help them. You have to help guide them to that awareness so that they can modify. Because how can you fix something if you're unaware it needs fixing? Ab- absolutely. And and here's the difference, again, between a boss and a leader. A boss is going to walk up and say, Ann, you're not meeting the standard. Fix it. And then they walk away. Yeah. A leader walks up and says, Lorianne, you're not meeting the standard. Here's the standard. Here's your performance. And this is how we, not you, we are going to fix that. Yes. And then you sit down and you come up with a plan that says, okay, over the next month, two months, six months, however long you want to make it, these are the things we're going to do to retrain you, to, to get you to where you are now meeting the standard. That's the difference between a leader and a boss. Yeah, I find a lot these days that instead of raising the bar, I was taught to raise the bar and keep my bar high, you know, and always be reaching for the bar. Um, I find these days a lot of times we are so we are so getting used to lowering the bar to a level that is just unacceptable, where people aren't even contributing twenty percent of their capability yeah. as opposed to raising the bar. And I say raise the bar on yourself. If nobody else is doing it, raise the bar on yourself. And I, I think as a mentor and a coach, we raise the bar on people and say, no, that's not okay. You said something before that I want to circle back to. In reflection, you learn. Let's talk about that because, you know, we don't necessarily learn from our successes. We need to celebrate our successes, but we don't learn from our successes. But you can. We learn from our failures. Yeah. And we learn from reflecting on our successes and yeah. reflecting on what didn't work, trying to find a new way out. So I, I really want to dive deeper into the reflection of what you did during the day or what you did during the past week. I, I yeah. love that because reflection I, I, is an important element. I, I think reflection has two parts. Um, I think reflection over big events. So I, like when I was the associate director of a food bank, if we did a food handout, we would do a, what in the army we call after action reviews, but we would say, okay, what were we supposed to do? What did we do? How can we get better? Even if we were successful, even if it went really well, you can always do something better, always. So we would go through that process. I'd bring everybody who was involved in it in and we'd say, okay, what did you see? How can we do that better? And then the personal reflection, daily reflection. I, I just believe that I, I started that probably about, I don't know, 10 years ago, I guess, the daily reflection piece. And and I tell people all the time, it will change, change your life. It really will. Uh, because if you're honest... That's the key. You got to be honest. Say it again, honest. You got to be honest with yourself. What did I do today and how can I get better at it? 
And if you do that every single day, then every day you should be a little bit better than you were yesterday. I love that. What did I do today and how can I do it better? Even if you were successful today, even if you had a great day, I promise you there's something during your day that you could do better. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, we're always trying to show up as the best version of ourselves. And that's how we elevate to, you know, Lorianne 2.0, Lorianne 3.0, Lorianne 3.5. So that's how we do it by showing up and evaluating ourselves and really being honest with ourselves. I love that you call them routines. Uh, I use the words habits. Uh, There are rituals, whatever you want to call it. But you want to have that in there. And, you know, it's like getting up and brushing your teeth. And I hope we all do. But getting up and brushing your teeth and doing things like that becomes a habit since childhood and then adding these habits and and these routines. And you didn't add a whole bunch of them all at the same time, right? Oh, you added one at a time and got good at it and then added another and started to clear those habits, right? Yeah. And and I think habits are good habits are good for us um, because it it gives us that routine of the day. It kind of gets us in what I call a battle rhythm, you know, your sequence for the day of what how your day goes. And I think that that's important for humans. Uh, we want that pattern. We want that. At least most people do. And I, and I think it's good for us. And the, the other piece to that is, let, let's be honest, what, what determines you as a person is your habits, your mindset, and your motivation. Absolutely. And so to me, self-discipline is is in there as well, because I always tell people, look, it'd be great if every day you woke up and you were motivated, but that's not called the real world. Okay. There's days you're going to wake up and you're not motivated. Yeah. So you need the self-discipline piece of it, which comes from habits to make you do the things on those days you're not motivated that you would have done if you were motivated. Yeah. If you don't have that self-discipline and on those days, you're going to slack off. Without a doubt. And then you break your you break your your rhythm. Yeah. Um and, and the really cool thing is you know it's a it's a embedded habit when if you try not to do it you can't not do it because yeah. you feel weird and you feel like you left your arm behind or something yeah so you have to go back and do it you know and make sure that you do it that way it's like me getting out of bed i won't get out of bed a certain side because that's not the bed side of the bed i get into and that's i don't right. know why i created that habit but it's a habit that i live by because anytime i get out of the other side of the bed it just messes my whole day up so Absolutely. that's what i say so it's funny my wife and i the same way and we sleep on this on our own side even even if we go to a hotel, we sleep on the same side. Of yes. Yeah. 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 And, and we are creatures of habit and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good thing. It keeps balance. I think it really goes to balance. And I love what you said about the mindset and the motivation um, because we can't rely on other, a lot of people do the blame shame game. They're like blaming the country, blaming the news, blaming their mother, blaming Get their training. It's stop. It gets us nowhere. It's it's you have to take a hundred percent responsibility for yourself, your actions, and your words. And I think mm-hmm. that's real important. I, I love the book, The Four Agreements, because it really puts the responsibility to you. It, it gives you your point of power, and the point of power is how you react to the world. That's right. You know it, what? What's the old saying that life is only about ten percent what happens to you? It's ninety percent how you reacted to what happened to you. Yeah, and that, that's so true. I mean, it's. Something bad happened, you can play the victim if you want and woe is me, or you can say, okay, I didn't like that. This is how I'm going to change that situation and go out and make it happen. Yeah. It, it's your choice. It really is. I mean, mindset is what separates the, the best from the rest. It really is. I love that. The best from the rest. So what are some easy ways to get to know your people and really 
really build a community. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a huge on this and I believe that that's part a huge part of being a leader is getting to know the people that you, that you have the privilege to lead. And there's a couple easy ways to do that. I tell I tell every leader I talk to, your goal, one of your goals every day should be go to go out and find one person that works for you and find out one new thing about them. Not about work, about their personal life. What's their spouse's name? What's their kid's name? What sports do their kids play? What's their hobbies? What do, what do they like and don't like? Because, you know, those things will help you determine what tasks, what jobs you want to give them. Why would you, if, if you know what they like and don't like, then you wouldn't get, you won't give them a job that they, you, you know, they're not going to do very well when right. you could give them something else. So go out and find one new thing about one person every day, not 10, just one. That's doable. And a good way to do that, a couple of good ways to do that. Number one, get out from behind your desk, go out where they are. Because I promise you, you call somebody in your office and you ask them a question, you will get an entirely different answer than if you go down where they're working and ask them that exact same question. So go out, walk around. I, I like to say lead by walking around. Just go out, ask questions, talk to people, get to know people. The other way. That's scary. It that's is. scary for a leader because you might actually hear something you don't want to hear. Or, or they may ask something. you, or they may ask you something you don't want to answer. And, yeah, but that it's a two-way communication is a two-way street, so you got to be willing to do that. Yeah. The other easy way, and I had a boss who retired a three-star general, and he said, "Oak, never, ever, ever turn down a chance to go get your own cup of coffee." He said, "I don't care how high up in the organization you get, you go get your own cup of coffee." Two things happen when you do that. Number one, you show everybody that you're no better than they are. You got to go get your own cup of coffee, so you start build some trust. And number two, if you're lucky, you got two or three different ways to get from your office to the coffee pot and back, and you stop and talk to people along the way. Love it. Again, it opens you up and it opens them up, but it, you become more uh, accessible. And that accessibility helps with the level of trust and communication yeah, opens up. And so, yeah, that's that's called team building. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of executives don't, you know, realize that they feel like once they get there, they have managers and they keep all these layers um, to separate them. And I think that's that's something that um, a long time ago, my dad told me that uh, when I want to build my own company, that it's important for me to go work in the warehouse, because yeah. if I don't understand what everybody's doing and the jobs they're doing when I'm sitting in the conference room or in that executive office trying to make new decisions and go in a certain direction, if I don't understand what everybody's doing, I can't really lead them well. And I can't I won't make good decisions and then I'm going to give them something and they're going to lose trust in me because they're like, she doesn't understand. That's they right. don't understand what I do. They don't pay attention. And that loses credibility. It loses loyalty. Because when you lose trust, you lose the loyalty of your employees. Right. And loyalty, you cannot pay for. No, loyalty, you can't. You either and it's hard it, to get back. It's very hard. Once lost, it's hard to get back. So I, I believe it's a trust builder as well, don't you? It is. And, and, you know, trust is huge. You know, leadership is about people, plain and simple, in my opinion. But a huge part of that is the trust piece, you know, and everybody. And when I talk about trust, I talk about 360 degree trust. Everybody kind of understands that the people you lead have to trust you. That's a given. That's only one part. It's a huge part because without that one, it really doesn't matter what else you do, because if they don't trust you, they're not going to follow you. The second part of it is you as the leader have to trust the person you're leading, that they can do what you're asking them to do. And that comes to you training them to a standard. 
And again, that's your responsibility. As giving them the tools, giving them, giving the them tools. the tools, the resources, the time, the people, the authority to make it happen. And then everybody on your team has to trust each other that they're going to do the job. And then in a business, you, you got to worry about the people outside your business trusting you and you got to trust them because nobody's going to do business with you. And I hope you wouldn't do business with them if you didn't trust them. Yeah, so, we want to come back to that. Um, you're listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I want to come back to this trust thing because it goes back to your values and we can use those as a litmus test. Uh, again, you're listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. We're here with Oakland McCullough. We're going to continue our conversation after this short break. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. If you would like to be a guest or lift up your business product or not for product, or if you have a question or comment, please email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. And as usual, all the information about our guest, about what we're talking about, and to reach us is right below this episode. So please feel free to reach out. Now, I'm jumping right back in with our beautiful guest, Oak. Oak, you're amazing. We left off about trust. I think trust is such an important topic to talk about because there's a, a big lacking of trust these days. And I believe very firmly trust has to start within you. You have to trust yourself. So right. let's let's go back to what you were saying about trusting your employees and, and talking to them. Yeah, you you hit it right on the head, Lori. And there is no trust right now in this country. I mean, you look at all the different any just pick a profession. People don't trust them right now. Well, they broke our trust. They did, and we got to fix it. Um, and and it's hard to fix it, but we have to fix it, or, or we're in trouble. So I think it really is about it starts with you. And one of the things I talk about all the time is micromanagers and how evil micromanaging is. Oof. And it's because you don't trust yourself. You don't know the people that you have the privilege to lead. So you don't know whether or not they can do the job you've asked them to do. You don't know their values. You don't know whatever. So you got to get to know people. But the evil of micromanaging is really this. When you micromanage somebody, then you're not only cheating that person out of their experience, you're cheating everybody who's ever worked for that person out of their experience because they don't have it to pass on. So you may be affecting your organization for the next 5, 10, 15 years. So you really do have to build that trust of you know that they can meet the standard that you're asking them. So I had a boss who retired a three-star, four-star general, and he said, oh, leadership is on a scale. And he said, on this end of the scale, you have authoritarian micromanaging. Do it as I tell you to do it, leader. And none of us like to work for that person. We all have. And then on this end of the scale, you have Attila the Hun and chaos. And he said, you want to be as close to chaos, controlled chaos, but as close to chaos as you can get. And he said, that's because that's where you trust people. That's where creativity happens. Yeah. And the way you get there is you train people to a standard. You give them the resources, the people, the money, the time, the authority to make it happen because you can give away all the authority you you want and you should as a leader. You can never give away responsibility. That's yours. But you can give away authority and then you get out of their way and let them do it. Will they do it exactly the same way you would have done it? Probably not. But who cares? And the analogy I always use is 
Seven plus two is nine, but so is eight plus one and six plus three and five plus four. How do you, why do you care how you get to nine? You just got to get to nine. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I do an exercise similar to that. And I show them that there's different ways to get to the same place. So, and that's a really good, um, although I don't do math, that was a really good, I was boggled that you had that all at the top of your mind. I was like, oh, okay. I'd still be figuring that out. Where's my calculator? No, I'm kidding. But that, that is a really, really good example about there's not just one way to do it. So train people to a standard, um, give them authority. And there was one more. Give them the resources they need, whatever that is. Yeah. Give them the resources. And then get out of their way. Now, that doesn't mean you wash your hands of it. You're still there for advice. You're still there for if if somebody's got a problem and they need an answer and they want to come to you, then then by all means, that's your job. Um, what, if it, what if it doesn't work, Oak? What if what, if what they were trying to, to do doesn't work? Then we learned a lesson. And if we do the reflection piece of it, of that event, then they're going to learn the lesson. And next time they will make it happen. But I don't have time for that. Yeah. But you don't have time to micromanage everybody either. Yeah, so because that, you don't yeah, grow from that, right? Because you're going right. to end up not growing for the next time too. Yeah. So there's so, always it, time for training. There's absolutely. always time to give people that that grace to be able to fail. Yeah. And it's okay because I, I have a client right now who is a micromanager, like super duper micromanager, doesn't recognize it. That's the first problem. The second problem is, is that because they won't release it and they, they uh, will only let me just do it instead of teaching the people, they're never going to be able to move on as a leader, as a manager and do other things because they're not teaching people here on how to do it. So they're going to continue to fail. Because there's no, you know, they they have no learning curve. So I love what you say. I love what you said. Train them to a standard. Give them the resources. Give them authority, and then get out of their way. You know, we were talking about that trust and and the circle, the three hundred and sixty circle, and the importance of that. Let's just go back to how can we trust other people if we don't trust ourselves? Yeah, you can't. I, I mean, I, I don't see. I don't know how you can. So you, you've got to. You got it. And that goes back to your own professional development, personal development that you got to work on every day. We all do. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we all need to be better. If you are a leader, you owe it to the people that you're leading to be the best leader you can be. And so every day you got to get a little bit better because hopefully if you're a good leader, they're all getting a little bit better every day. And so you got to keep up with that. Little um, Italian guilt there, Oak. You yeah. owe it to them. <laughs> yeah, you do owe it to them. So yeah, true. Absolutely. And because it is a privilege. I, I, I believe that. I know there's people who don't believe that, but but I do believe it's a privilege to lead people. I, I do too, but that's what makes you a good leader. So what's an easy way to get people in your organization involved into the decision-making and process? And, and why is this important to get them involved? Why can't I just, as the leader of my company, make the decisions and say, go do this? You can they're going to struggle with the implementation of that, of your decision. Because here's the problem. We don't like as humans, first of all, we don't like change because we're creatures of habit. We habit. Don't so you got to convince them why it, either you got to convince them that it the change is good for them, or you have to involve them in the decisions that make that change happen. So the way I like to do that when I have time is I will call out all my junior leaders together and I'll say, okay, here's the problem we have. This is the issue we have. This is the decision we have to make. Give me some ideas. And, you know, just let them throw ideas out to you. No, there's no dumb ideas. Everybody throws out ideas. And and 
one of the things you'll figure out is sometimes your superstar will throw out a dumb idea because there are dumb ideas. You just can't say that. Um, and, And somebody who's who might you might think is, you know, the weakest link on your team will throw out a great idea. You you never know. You are the leader, so you're under no obligation to use any of those ideas if none of them are good. But generally what I have found is that I'll use a little bit of your ideas and a little bit of my ideas and a little bit of somebody else's ideas, and we'll come together, bring it all together, and that's our solution. Two things happened right then when you did that. Number one, you grow grow trust with people because you have asked their opinion. Even if you didn't use it this time, you might use it next time, but at least you asked. Number two is that it no longer is Colonel McCullough's solution. It is our solution. Yes. Now they got skin in the game. Now there's a reason for them to work a little bit harder to make it work because they had a say in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody wants to be seen and heard. And and now they, you know, they they step up because they want it to be successful because they had a say in it. That's right. Because you heard them and you you throw it out there. Um, it's so funny. You said, you know, you can't you can't tell somebody that it's a bad idea. You could, but it doesn't serve you to do that. It does not. It doesn't serve anybody. And we all have bad ideas. Well, here's the problem when you do that is now that person will not throw another idea out for yeah. you. You mute their creativity. So, yeah. you know, you throw it out. Sometimes when you throw it out, you're like, oh, I wish I could take that back because that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but it's good to have everybody throw the creativity out. And and. Do you see a difference, a shift in the energy in the room when you do that? When you oh, come- absolutely. Because yeah. now they're involved. Yeah. Now it isn't in the receive mode. Now they actually have to think about, okay, he's asked me a question. He wants an idea. Let me think about what the idea is. And, and if you're a really good leader, you will have asked that question before the meeting so that they have idea, have time to think about it before they come to the meeting. And so when you ask that question, they've already had it a day or so to think about marinated. How, how would I fix this if I was the king for the day? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's an, another, I'm going to swivel it on you because we all like to look at things 360. My mom used to say, why'd you ask my opinion if you're not going to use it? How, how do you settle that? Yeah. Well, you say, okay, that's a okay suggestion, but we have some better suggestions here for this solution. Maybe next time we'll use yours, but this time this seems to be the best solution. And we've all kind of agreed to that. So we're going to use this one right now. The funny thing is, is when my mom used to say that to me and and I would always say to her mom, I I wanted to hear what your opinion is. I was looking for different eyes on the same topic to see if I was going down the right direction or down the right angle. Right. But you gave me some things to think about. And yeah. so, so that really kind of eased, eased her a little bit, but yeah, she would get so angry. She's like, why do you ask my opinion if you're not going to use it? <laughs> I was just like, yeah. ah. and I've had people in the workshops who were just like, well, we threw this out and you didn't use it. And I was like, yeah, this time, like you yeah. said, this time. Well, and, and you may still use it in that solution later on. Correct. Because I, you know, you can come up with all the, the greatest plan in the world. And my, my, the thing I always say is, but the enemy has a say and the enemy can either be the enemy like I faced on a battlefield or it can be the, the next company over that does the same thing you do. They have a say. Yeah. So even if you come up with the greatest plan and you start down that road, you may have to make detours and changes and that you may then have to pick up some of those other ideas that you didn't start with to, to make it work. So, yeah. you know, th- again, you only gain from having people throw out ideas. There's not, nothing 
to be lost from that. Yeah, two very important points is collabor- the collaborative mind is far more superior than the singular mind. And the other point is navigate. We need to be prepared to navigate and change or modify the plans as we go because different circumstances may arise as we're going down that path. So, and I'm sure you felt you, you had to deal with that in the battlefield as much as that, oh, it's not a sunny day. It's like snowing on us right now. We weren't prepared for that. Or, oh, they're coming from the right, not the left. We didn't expect that. Um, so anticipation and being able to navigate, and I call it flowing with the, with the tide, is yeah. we need to have a, a goal but we also need to not hold it really, really, really tight because it doesn't give the goal any creativity or space to grow. Right. Um, and and when we're going with it, we need to flow with it. Even if we think that that's not the direction I expected to go in, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I didn't go with the flow. Yeah. Um, I would have been stuck someplace else and you know doing that same old thing day in and day out if I hadn't gone with the flow. And I, I was just like, all right, I'm going to trust and go with it. Trust my instincts, trust what Universe God Source was sending towards me in huge messages um, and in the people that they were putting in front of me. So as a leader, I think you need to be able to see that. And also I call it leading from behind, whereas you, you set it in motion and then you stand behind prepared to help do cleanup if necessary, but you let them take take the ball and run and let them grow. And through it, you grow as a leader. Yeah, because if if you don't do that, then you you just like you were saying earlier, you're going to be that leader who is stuck in doing the day to day stuff. When your job is to be looking out, have that vision, have that where you want to take this. Yeah, those type of thoughts and those type of actions, and and then just doing things that only leader the leader can do. And there are some of those. Otherwise, why would we have you if there wasn't? Right. But if you're busy all day doing things that other people can do because you haven't trained them to do it, then you're not doing the things that really you should be doing that's going to help have more. And that's on you. That's on you. So if you find yourself doing things that really should be working in the business, and that's where the team does it. The team works in the business while you work on the business. You that's look right. at the vision. You look at where what long-term. You look at what impact what we're doing today is going to make in the future. And if you don't have space to do that, and I've heard... I've heard managers, I've heard CEOs say this. I, I have no time for that. Oh, okay, then let's relook at your model here because yeah. you're working too much in the business right now. Yeah. You're not spending time doing what your job is because the CEO is really supposed to be the chief visionary officer. You yeah. know, the executive officer, yes, there's day-to-day stuff that we do as leaders, but we also have to have the vision. Without the vision, we have nothing to prepare for, to strategize right. for, and and to plan for. So without the vision, then then you become that organization that is reacting to change. Yeah. Rather than dictating the change because you're looking out, seeing what's coming down the pike, and then you're making changes, but you're dictating what the change is going to be. If you're not looking out, then you're just going to be reacting to whatever change is coming. Yeah. And, and that's not a good place to be. No, no, because that that puts you always behind the eight ball. Behind yep. the eight ball. What is what is a, a, a leadership philosophy? So I I in the army we had this thing called a command philosophy, where when you took over an organization, you wrote out some things and you posted it on the bulletin board so everybody could read it, everybody could see it. And so when I moved out of the military into the civilian world, I just changed it to leadership philosophy because makes a little more sense. But really what you're doing is you're saying, okay, this is the culture I want in my organization. You're laying out some things that 
that people, if people know, it helps them understand where you're coming from and what you expect from them. So I always put out, this is the culture I want. And then how they fit in, how they fit into your culture. That's right. And then yeah. I'd say, okay, here's, here's the things that I'm going to expect from you. More importantly, here are the things you can expect from me. And then here are the things that I will not accept. And now we all are on the same sheet of music of what what's expected of them, what's expected of me, what they know what I'm not going to accept. And they know what my goal is for the vision and the culture and the plan of how we're going to get there. And, and things that you're not going to accept? Lack of integrity. Goes back to your values that let yeah. us back to the values. I almost, call all of, almost everything that I wouldn't accept was value related. Yeah. So it's a, that's why the values of a company and the people that I work with and, and I work for are really important. I always litmus test back to my values, my mission statement and my values to make sure that we're all in alignment. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And yeah. I set myself up for failure for that relationship if I don't have the right person there, if I don't have someone who has similar or same values. Um, do, do you find when you 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 post that, that that really sets everybody, you know, in the same direction? So I think it at least gets them started in that direction. And then you have to live it. I mean, day in, day out, you have to do things that enforce, reinforce what it is you're, you put down there so that they, you know, my father used to tell me when I was a kid, if you say one thing and you do another, it's your actions that will be believed, not what you said. So you yeah. can put all that. That's all nice. You put it up there on the bulletin board, but now you got to live it. You got to every day, you got to make sure that you're living that culture, those values that you are uh, espousing, that that's what your organization is going to be. Yes. I, I love that, that, that your actions are what will be remembered. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why we have lack of trust these days. Yes, will be remembered. Yeah, I love that. Why? You know, you you said that to do the leadership to have the leadership philosophy um, and the importance of having that. Like, why? So that everybody is on the same page. Right. But what are the other benefits of having that philosophy out there so people understand who you are? Yeah. So I, I think it makes them understand your starting the starting point where we're starting because every leader is different and we want p leaders to be different. We don't want robots. We want people to have their own personality, bring their own culture, their own, all those things to the company, to an organization. So I think it uh, allows them to understand you as the leader a little bit from day one. And then, and then it also just sets a standard for people said, okay, this is what, this is what's expected. And uh, I think that people want that. People want to start off knowing where they are and where and what what yeah. is expected of them and where we're going. And this is important, which goes on to later on, that isn't in the leadership philosophy, but their part in how we're going to get where we're going. You know, you can have the greatest vision in the world of where you want to go, but unless the people who are working for you know what their part of that vision is, what they have to do to get you there. You're not getting there because you're not going to get get them there as the leader. I promise. Yes. It's the people that work every day that are going to get you there. So they have to know what their role in it is. Uh, and I think that this is just the start of moving people in that direction. Without a doubt. So one last question, um, and I can't believe where the time goes, but and and I think it's really important, not because what I do, but because I truly believe in this. And that's why I do what I do, that we all ha have to and there's a requirement. It's important to have 
professional development for yourself and for your business and for your team. Um, what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, so I think your own personal professional development is huge and you need to do that. And there's lots of different ways to do that. I'm a huge believer in reading books and articles and blogs and whatever out there about leadership and not even in your profession. Look outside your profession and read books and articles and things outside your profession because your profession doesn't have all the answers, I promise. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Uh, you can learn from somebody outside there. The huge part is making sure that everybody on your team has a professional development. Again, you're going to have some people who just want to come draw a paycheck and go home, but most people don't. And here's the problem. If you don't show somebody who is aspiring to be a leader that there is a path in your organization for them to get there, then they're going somewhere else. Yeah. So you're going to lose your best people because you don't have a path for them to become a leader. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you you really need to keep developing. And I love what you said, you know, tools from other organizations can apply to what your organization is. Absolutely. You have to look at it. You know, when I work with people, they're like, well, you work with all different industries. I do, because the foundational tools that we're working with apply to anybody they in don't any change. circumstance in any anything, you know. So so you're taking what you learned when you you were serving and thank you for serving our country and keeping us safe. We really do appreciate that. Um, I know my family does uh, from the depths, but um, you took what you learned in the field and you're bringing it into corporate America. It applies. It, it applies. Does. So Look, le leadership is leadership. Again, it's about people. I don't care what profession you're in, where you learned it, where you practiced it. If you know how to lead people, if you know how to take care of and lead people, you can lead any organization and all those skills transfer. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you. We're going to leave it on that because that is the best statement um, that we've made so far. And so good to have you. would love to have you back. Uh, where can people reach you if they want to reach out? Because I know you're speaking all over the place and you are an amazing, motivational, inspirational speaker. So how can we, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah. So I have a website. You can go to the website and on there, it has my cell phone number, my email address. It has links to all my social media. So just send me a message, give me a call, and we can start that conversation. And all your information is going to be attached to this episode. So thank you all for joining us today. Thank you so much, Oak, for being here again. Uh, you're always inspiring. I love it. I learned so much from you. Thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I hope we have earned the privilege of your time. Again, I want to thank Oak for being on. Uh, look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms, and we would be grateful if you would please like, follow, share, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Coach Lorianne Kazdia. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you, and show up big. Be a leader. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.